Hey everyone, welcome back to I Want to Be a Veterinarian here on LJN Radio. On I Want to Be a, we're trying to give you the tips and insight into landing a job in these specific professions. Our conversation continues here in part two with Dr. Douglas Aspros, a veterinarian and the president of the American Veterinary Medical Association. If you didn't listen to part one, head over to localjobnetwork.com slash radio slash list. Type in I Want to Be a Veterinarian in the upper left-hand corner, and that will pop right up for you. Here in the second part, we discuss a little bit about the process of actually getting a job in the field and also some other useful tips for our job seekers. Well, let's walk it back a little bit to, um, you know, again, for the people that maybe are, maybe they're getting close to a point where they're graduating and they're going to be interested in, in actually finding a, a position out there. Could you take us a little bit into maybe the process uh, and maybe, again, sort of a summary of of what it would be like to applying for a job, maybe the interview process. I mean, is there a is there a physical element to the interview as opposed to just you know sitting down and, and talking with somebody? I guess what is sort of the what are the key points you would you would think job seekers need to know when they're looking to actually go out in the world and, and become a veterinarian? You've gotten through veterinary college and you're at the point where you're graduating. Certainly, the interview, the verbal interview, is important um, because it has a lot to do with with your communication skills, communication style. Mm-hmm. And so those are those are really key issues in, in terms of uh, making it to the next step, because the next step is going to be just how you handle both yourself and your patients um, in a, a real world clinical environment. I think veterinarians never get hired without uh, without seeing how they work, sure. you know, how they how they interact with um, uh, with their patients, how they interact with their clients, how they interact with the support staff, which is so important. Veterinarians, as doctors, don't uh, don't practice in a vacuum. They have a, a support staff around them that either um, get uh, empowered and uh, and allow the doctor to do more, uh, or they get disempowered and uh, and really get in the way of um, of the doctor delivering to patients and, and clients what they what they need to do. So so yeah, you should uh, if you're a if you're a new graduate veterinarian, you should expect that there's going to be some uh, some practical uh, part to uh, to their interviewing process. Now, for yourself, and obviously, you know, you mentioned that there are different different areas that uh, you know people could be involved with um, animals. But uh, for yourself, I guess, could you walk us through a typical day? Maybe the common things that occur, common procedures maybe you have to uh, conduct. I mean, again, we're going off of a lot of what you've done because it'd be impossible to hit on everything else, but just to give people an idea of what a day might be like in that uh, in that sort of model that, that you followed. Our typical day in our office is um, you arrive uh, before your scheduled rounds, before your scheduled appointments, uh, to go over laboratory results from the previous day. Uh, it tends to be one of the few times during your day when there's no phone ringing and there's nothing coming in on emergency. So you have a little bit of, of time to yourself that, that allows you to go through those um, laboratory results and, and help you make mm-hmm. decisions, make some, some notes in the, in the medical record. Medical record writing is a big part of, of work these days. It's required. Um, it's necessary from a medical legal standpoint. It also makes you a better practitioner because it helps order your thinking. So we, we come in, uh, make notes in our medical records. Um, we do rounds with staff, take a look at uh, what's coming in for the day, or at least what's scheduled to come mm-hmm. in for the day. Um, any special um, uh, things people should know about either the patient or the client. Our doctors go into um, appointments at that point. And our appointments are kind of a, a mix between wellness exams, which is where you have a patient come in for a checkup, 
and vaccines and you know, whatever um, whatever they come in for uh, for that patient on a regular basis, but not not a, not attached to a uh, an emergent problem. Sure. But the other half of our patients come in with emergent problems. You know, the patient who started vomiting this morning or had diarrhea overnight or um, hasn't been eating for a couple of days um, or, you know, fell off their perch, um, you know, kind of really mm-hmm. runs the gamut. Um, and, and some of them are things that just happen. Some of them are things that um, are predicated on age or, or breed. Some of it um, certainly for, for birds and, and other exotic patients, reptiles and so forth, um, uh, frequently are, are predicated on, on uh, poor hud- husbandry um, uh, practices on the, on the part of a client who, who doesn't know better sure. um, how, to, how to take care of these pets. And so that's, that's most of our day. Um, somewhere in there, maybe depending on the day, um, surgery. Patients get admitted, particularly the sick ones, may come in and uh, be scheduled for for various tests or, or X-rays, um, all of which are handled um, uh, by and large by our, uh, our our licensed veterinary technicians. New York State is one of those states where uh, technicians um, have to go through a, an accredited program, take the national uh, licensing board, uh, and then be licensed to be veterinary technicians, uh, which are veterinary nurses. Uh, and there's a lot they can do to to um, help uh, improve both our, both our our patient care and uh, our workflow for the day. The end of the day um, sometimes happens on schedule, sometimes doesn't. Both the the wonderful part about uh, clinical practice and sometimes the really frustrating part is is just how unpredictable your day is. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty hard to be a clinical veterinarian and say, "Let's go to the six o'clock movie." <laughs> um, you know, I'll meet you there. Uh, because by and large, um, something is going to happen that's going to make that right. not possible. To uh, so you have to be you have to be prepared for for those kinds of uh, that kind of unpredictability uh, to your day and and to some extent your life. As I said, it, it's part of the attraction of clinical care, uh, but it's also can be one of the frustrations. No, we're starting to get a little low on time, but I did want to ask if you had any uh, any interesting stories that that you know just obviously you've you've been in the field for a while and if anything really stood out to you whether it was just a you know a really interesting scenario that happened or if it was a you know sort of a a big accomplishment for yourself or your your group there um, because of something that happened I guess just any stories that maybe people you think would be interested in hearing about that you know, of course ideally would fuel their uh, their interest in the profession so I'm going to give you something that because um, I haven't thought about this and and I've been in in uh, a clinical practice setting for 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 a very, very, very <laughs> long time. Uh, and, and there have been almost too many patients and, and too many uh, situations to, to, to sure. pull one out and say, wow, this was a, a highlight. But I have been also been involved in public health for, for the past 25 years, got involved because there was an outbreak of psittacosis, parrot fever, uh, that happened in Minnesota uh, in, the, in the mid-'80s. And uh, our local health commissioner wanted to um, have some veterinarians um, help her draft a code to cover uh, animal uh, handling facilities. And that got me um, elected uh, to the Board of Health for Westchester County and then to the presidency of the board. And I spent 20 years as being president of the uh, Westchester County Board of Health as a veterinarian because most of the public health issues that, that came up over the mm-hmm. past 20 years have involved 
animals in some way. Interesting. And you can go. You can go down to. You go to the the ones that are obvious, like raccoon rabies, um, uh, West Nile virus, mm-hmm. uh, which was diagnosed in the you know ten miles or five miles from from the Westchester County border. The first cases in in the Bronx uh, at the Bronx Zoo by a veterinarian. You know, down to uh, to AIDS, which you know really is a uh, a zoonotic disease that came from monkeys. And as a veterinarian, because we're we're trained to think about herds, we we're trained to think. Um, more than one species trained to think about the environment. In fact, the training and, and preparation to be a veterinarian works really well in public health. So my little story is um, uh, Westchester County passed uh, one of the first uh, really restricted codes for smoking. Um, and it, it's clear that smoking is not a zoognotic <laughs> disease, but um, but one made for people, by people, and, uh, and it's uh, by and large, people who are, who, um, who bear the brunt, although the pets they live with also uh, will suffer from from disease sure. from from that from the the secondhand smoke. But anyway, we're we had a public health uh, hearing about about the smoking code, uh, and um, hundreds of people came. There was a lot of anger directed at me as a veterinarian. What am I doing telling people? Um, about their health, and, um, the, and the reality is, people frequently fail to recognize how more, how much uh, veterinarians are the other family doctor. You know, it's you may have, you know, like your your own personal doctor. Your kids may have a pediatrician, but uh, but really, you're uh, for 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 pet owners, um, your veterinarian is the other family doctor, mm-hmm. um, and uh, should fit kind of seamlessly into uh, the protection that your your family, you and your family, um, uh, get for your health. So, if you're if you're thinking about being a veterinarian, you want to think about, you know, the the broad um, uh, scope of, of of veterinary medicine and and what it has to offer you and what it has to offer society. Well, and I I love your point about the you know the idea of a lot of the you know diseases or different health issues that come up that the you know the the relationship and a lot of times it's coming from the animal side of things and and that. Veterinarians are, are well versed in that, and I like to talk about multiple species. And that you know, we we tend to think of humans as being separate, but so much of it ends up being, you know, affecting all of us. So I I do uh, I do really appreciate that that comparison there. I guess finally, for those listening, again, what would you point out as being you know maybe uh, the important thing or one a couple of important things that you would stress to them if they're looking into the field, if they're looking to get a position, um, just what you would really think they should know. Um, before heading into it, or any tips, you know, as far as being able to get a position and, and really be successful. Love animals, uh, love people. Work on uh, communication skills and realize how important those are to be successful in any any um, uh, uh, avenue of um, of veterinary activity. Be prepared to work hard. Uh, be prepared to to have less control over your your day and your life than other professions uh, may offer. Uh, but also be prepared for um, the joys and the and the um, uh, rewards that come from um, working with people and working with their animals. I can't say that I know very many veterinarians who who regret for a moment um, their choice um, to be involved in this in this profession. It's a terrific profession. I think that's I think that's a good way to look at it. I mean, 
if you have so you know so few people that you ever hear talking about regretting what what they do, I think that's probably a a good gauge that it's a, a nice field to get into. And unfortunately, we're not going to have to wrap things up here on I Want to Be a Veterinarian here on LJN Radio. Our expert guest has been Dr. Douglas Aspros, the president of the American Veterinary Medical Association. Thanks again for coming on, Doctor. Uh, you know, appreciate the insight into the field, and uh, we definitely appreciate your perspective as well. It's been fun. Thanks. Of course, we'd love to hear from all of you as well, so let us know what other jobs you might be interested in learning about. Just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions, really for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.